Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, that was the scene from the movie Dumb and Dumber, starring Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. And in this scene, Lloyd, who's played by Jim Carrey, confesses his feelings for Mary, who's played by Lauren Holly. And Lloyd finds hope in his chances with Mary, even though they're only one in a million. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and it's the Advent season here in the church. And because of that, I'm beginning a new series for Advent called The Humble King. Royalty meets humility in Christmas. Now, we sang that song as, as part of our worship today. And this series is, is based on that song. And it's the, it's the basis of this series. And the title of, of my message today is the, the Humble King of Hope. This is the first Sunday of Advent. And the first Sunday of Advent is the Hope Sunday. So I'm going to be talking to you about hope this morning. In our scripture reading today, we read from the Gospel of Luke where the angel told Mary... You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. Mary's son would be the king. King of kings and Lord of lords. He would be the Son of God. And he would be the reason to hope again. Hope is a very powerful force. Like for Lloyd, if we have just a sliver of hope, a one in a million chance comes off like a sure thing. And it's no reason to get discouraged. Hope can sustain us in the midst of great loss and difficulty. And it'll keep us going really when nothing else can. And consequently, losing hope can just be devastating. Now the history of the people of Israel is a story of hardship and disappointment and even betrayal. The ancestors of the people of Israel were in Egypt and they were subject to the rule of Pharaohs who turned on them as they prospered. You remember the story? They began to prosper. They were having children. Children are healthy. And then the Pharaoh was threatened by their, their presence and was concerned that they might somehow decide to overthrow him and his rule. 
in Egypt. And the Pharaohs, they considered themselves to be gods, which was offensive to the Israelites. And they ruled over the people harshly for 400 plus years until they were finally let out of captivity by Moses. Well, if you, if you know your, your Bible, then after becoming their own nation, they, they go into the promised land and they, they take the, the, what the Lord has promised them and they decided that they wanted kings. They wanted to be like the nations around them and have a king. And their first king was Saul, who experienced the regeneration of the Lord. There's a, there's a verse that says that, that Saul, his heart was changed. He was made a new person. The Holy Spirit made a transformation on the inside of him. But if you remember the rest of that story, he decided on his own to disobey the Lord. And the Lord took the kingdom away from him. Well then, along came David, who had a heart for the Lord. His heart was after the Lord and he, he, was, he was faithful to the Lord. But as, as you know, even, even David was, was not perfect and, and he made his mistakes and his king, the kingdom from the time after that, that he sinned with Bathsheba was never the same. His, his rule was never the same. And, it, and even then, the, his, his house began to splinter a little bit. And he, he finally named Solomon to be his, his successor. And Solomon was, was very successful. And, you know, when he, when he first started out as king, he asked the Lord for wisdom. And the Lord prospered him because he chose wisdom over being powerful or being rich. But even Solomon strayed from the Lord. And then his house divided the kingdom. And then there was a divided kingdom that eventually was overrun by the Persian and, and by the Syrian empires of their day. And they were led off into captivity. They, their, their land was, was under siege and occupation. And there was little hope for them as a people. Well, as history would have it, after the Persians and the Syrians, along came the Greeks. And a young man by the name of Alexander the Great, who spread his kingdom throughout the Middle East and into Asia and into Africa, into Europe, and they were made subject to the rule of the Greeks who were also not God-fearing. They saw Alexander as a god. And if you remember earlier this year, we talked about some dude on a horse. That was Alexander. He was the dude on the horse. And there's always some, some dude on the horse who's ready to show up and, and show his, his power and his might through his military in, in his, his political power. Well, after the Greeks came the Romans and the Caesars who ruled over the Middle East, Europe, and Asia with an iron fist. And they also considered themselves to be divine. Yet in the midst of all of this 
this upheaval and turmoil, being subject to the rule of one kingdom after another kingdom. The people of Israel held on to a hope that their true righteous king would one day come and set everything right. And it was in this climate that an angel made his announcement in Luke chapter 2. The angel said, I bring you good news that will be bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Look, I've seen artist renderings of, the, of this scene and it you know what I, I I I like to just think about what it must have been like. You know, these he appeared to these shepherds that were out in, in, in darkness. And then all of a sudden these angels appeared and began to, to worship the Lord and, and told them this news. But have you ever wondered why did the angel make their announcements to a bunch of shepherds? Wasn't there somebody else that they could have appeared to? Somebody that was more prominent, maybe? Somebody that was maybe more powerful, that was more influential? I mean, after all, they're shepherds. They, they, they sleep with their sheep. Their clothes were probably tattered and worn, and they probably smelled bad. Maybe some of them might have been missing teeth. I mean, you get the picture? This isn't a, they're just humble people. And they're just kind of minding their own business. And of all the people that the angels chose to appear to, they appear to them. Well, part of setting everything right would involve allowing everyone to have access to the good news. This was a tactical decision by the angels to appear to these people because when they heard the news, they took off to, to Bethlehem. I'm sure it took them a while to get up off the ground because they were in shock. But when they got up from, from falling on their backs and, 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 and experiencing this euphoria, they took off and they began to testify to everybody, anybody that they came in contact with, the Savior's been born. The Savior's been born. He's in Bethlehem. Come and see this, this newborn child. They kind of echo the words of the prophet Isaiah, where he says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. <clears throat> In Jesus' birth and throughout his life, he demonstrated that he was different than anybody else. And he didn't walk around like he was a king. He was a 
Notice the teacher. But when he spoke, those who heard him speak said, you don't speak like the teachers of the law speak. You speak as someone with authority. And then when he walked among the people who were experiencing all kinds of illnesses, all kinds of, of injuries, and all kinds of issues in their lives, he touched them and he made them well. With no pretense, with no, not, not asking for anything in return, just offering himself to the people that, that, that he, he met on, on, on the street. His kingdom would prove to be greater and superior to any earthly kingdom. But this kingdom would not conquer the world through violence and displays of strength and power. Instead, he would be a righteous king and he would practice true justice. He, his rule would not depend on conventional power structures. And his kingdom would expand like leaven, moving in a loaf of bread, filling the earth. Jesus would demonstrate his strength through humility and would fill the earth with peace. In the book of Matthew, Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah again to describe what this humble king would look like and who he would be. In Matthew chapter 12, quoting the prophet Isaiah, he says, Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put, put out a flickering candle. And finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And his name will be the hope of all the world. I think it's time that the world see again that Jesus' name is a true source of hope. And that's not going to happen because we align ourselves with any kind of political party. It's not going to happen because we, we decide that we want to do this kind of thing or that kind of thing. It's going to be because we elevate the name of Jesus. Because remember what he said, if you lift me up, I will draw all men unto myself. And so that's what I want us to do here this Christmas is lift up the name of Jesus, the humble King. In the, in the same way that we cultivate gratitude, we also need to cultivate hope in our hearts. How do we do that? How can we cultivate hope in our hearts? You know, it's, it's, it's the holiday season, and, you know, if, if you're like anybody, anybody else, if you're like us, you know, it's like, man, we're coming into it, the end of the year and, you know, trying to trying to figure things out, trying to figure out next year, you know, and, and then some things might look kind of bleak. 
is there a hope here? How can we cultivate hope? Well, there's, there's three little things that I just want to share with you real quickly. Number one, invite the Holy Spirit to be with you when you read Scripture. Invite Him into reading Scripture. But not just at Christmas. Every day. You remember Jesus told His disciples in John 14, when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I told you. You know, sometimes we read the Bible and it, it, it seems kind of confusing, you know, and I've heard people say that. But have you ever thought, whenever, I'm not sure that I get this, Lord, help me understand what you're trying to say and allow the Spirit to reveal that to us. That's His job. That's what He wants to do. He wants to enlighten us and let us get the truth inside of us so that it can change us and transform us and make us more like Jesus. But even more so, when we read Scripture, especially, you know, we can go through and read this, the Christmas story, and, you know, and it just becomes kind of old hat, you know? We just kind of read it, and it's like, well, yeah, this is, you know, this is the good news. Well, if it's the good news, maybe we need to interact with it a little bit and let it get on the inside of us and, and work on the inside of us and change us. Because... There's not anything else coming. This is it. This is the good news. Jesus is the one that God promised. And if we can't get excited about that, then how can we expect the world to get excited about it? So let's invite the Holy Spirit into this, this, this interaction that we have with God and His Word. Also, invite the Holy Spirit to show you what he's doing around us. Have you ever thought, you know, like whenever you're going around, say you go to Walmart. Lord, what are you doing here? I mean, it can kind of be scary sometimes, you know? You might end up running across the path of somebody that that you you can somehow touch or bless or or that, that God can use you to be a blessing to that person. But you have to, we have to be looking for those opportunities. I mean, they're there all the time, but, you know, we, well, what happens usually? We, we walk out of the store and looking at our cell phone or, you know, or we, we, we walk out and, and we're so concerned about what we've got to get done and we, we don't look around and see what, what might be happening around us. And sometimes that means that we need to take a little bit of time. We might need to slow down a little bit. And just allow ourselves to catch up with what God's doing. Because He's moving and He's working all, all around us. And He can use us each and every day. It's just a matter of, of making ourselves available and, and being in a place where we can cooperate with what He's doing. And then the last thing, I've kept this on my wrist for three years now. It'll be three years in February. You remember you remember this? The, the rubber band? 
Uh, he met him fry, and he, and he was just talking about letting the Lord stretch us like a rubber band. Just, Lord, use me however you want. And maybe sometimes that rubber band is used to, like, bundle stuff together. Maybe sometimes that, that, that thing is, it, it's, we, we use it to, to hold something together just a little bit, a little bit farther apart, you know. But just making ourselves available and to, to be stretched. To allow the Lord to stretch our faith. To allow the Lord to, to stretch us in terms of maybe being willing to speak to somebody. Or, or maybe just, just being available, you know, whenever, whenever something is, is going on, you know, just hanging around and just, hey, uh, you know, what, what are you guys doing here? And, and maybe that could grow into something where, where we decide, hey, let's, let's go out and let's, let's pray for folks. Or let, let's go out and let, let's, let's give away stuff. To people that are that are in need, or whatever. Allow the Lord to stretch you. Allow the Lord to to tug on you a little bit, and not not be so rigid. I saw something this last week, and, I, and it was it was one of those things. that's like, oh, that, that's a great idea. It was it, maybe you've seen these the, the Advent calendars. That it's like Advent of kindness. Each day you do something kind for everybody. You know. And, and, and that, that's, that, that's really cool. And it's like, yeah, I, I think I could do that. But the first thing I thought whenever I, I saw that thing was like, why can't I just do this every day? I thought the same thing. <laughs> I, I, but I, I did. And, and, and I, you know, I was, I was working on, on my sermon while, I was, while I, was, I was looking at this. It's like, this is stuff I can do all the time. Hold the door open for somebody. Maybe help somebody carry something to their car or whatever. I mean, allow the Lord to stretch us. Allow the Lord to, to use us however He wants to. And I, I think you know, that's, that's how we cultivate hope inside of us. Because we look around and we see, yes, God's at work. God's moving. And God wants to use me. He doesn't have, you don't have to wait for, you know, hey, Joel, come on. I, I've got a friend here that I, I need to pray with. And, you know, can, can you come pray for him? Oh, do it. Pray for him. Let God use you. Because that, that's, that's the hope that we have. That God can use us. That God can flow through us. Well, it's my hope this, that this Christmas we become more aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' presence in our homes, in our circumstances. And as we become more aware of His presence and His activity, may we be filled with the hope of the good news of the humble King for our world. Can you stand with me this morning?